Welcome, baseball fans. It's time for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you? Good, sir. Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Fourth of July is upon us. We are almost three months complete in the baseball season. You excited for the fourth? Uh, for the fourth, not particularly, but uh, the uh, I'm excited about the second half of the season. Yeah, we uh, we almost have to tear up our preseason predictions completely at this point. Uh, something we may revisit in a uh, later podcast. But as the season is at its halfway point, what are your uh, loose predictions for the second half? Uh, uh, there'll be a lot of Royals in the All-Star game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Let me think of another fairly safe bet. Uh, the uh, Trout is going to have a good season. Uh, Brian Harper is going to have a good season. Uh Oh, I don't know. I, I think it's just uh, there are a lot of teams that are competitive now, a lot of good young players. Um, you know, it's just fun to watch right now. I don't have really any strong predictions right right yet. Yeah, what a year of the pitcher we're in right now. It's unbelievable. I mean, Max Scherzer, his last three starts has been uh, you could you could throw that three run that three game sample size up against almost anybody. Um, Especially in recent memory, but uh, what do you think about the this year of the pitcher? Do you, would you even call it a year of the pitcher? No, I think the pendulum has swung this way. I mean, uh, we know that uh, during all the juicing years, I, I, I don't even want to talk about it, but we know how that benefited the hitter probably more than it did the pitcher. It did the pitcher as well, but and the pendulum has now swung back to uh, being. The emphasis is on more pitching. We're seeing now teams uh, go to more contact hitting and looking at different saber metrics on base percentages and things. Uh, the uh, it, it goes back and forth. There, the pitching is very strong and deep right now. Yeah. You know, another thing to consider: uh, pitching. We haven't had an expansion team forever, and that always thinned out pitching. And it took forever I mean, because suddenly you had to have uh, another 20 pitchers or so uh, in the league. Uh, that would – or, you know, it was 20 back then. It would be closer to like 27 or uh, so now. But uh, the uh, that would thin out the pitching ranks for some time. Right, true. Yeah, we haven't had expansion since 98 with uh, Tampa and uh, Arizona. Um so uh, uh, I would just caution you, you know, I, I might be going up to St. Louis later and uh, just don't, don't get on the Wi-Fi around right. Bush Stadium. Uh, know, that would I probably know. be a bad idea. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, so here we are. It's 4th of July week. And what is more American than uh, baseball on the 4th of July? Very little. Uh, enough to where you know, there are a bunch of paranoid people thinking that ISIS is going to attack uh, a ball game oh during uh, the July 4th. <laughs> That's a little heavy-handed. Uh, oh, yeah, but uh, because there isn't anything more American. Um, it is sad to me that the July 4th doubleheaders have become a way of the past, a way of the dodo. Uh, doubleheaders uh, in general have become a way of the past, but I know the Braves held on to them for so long, and it was truly about the only southern thing that you could equate to the Braves. I mean, we were the sole team in uh, the Deep South, still are, Florida's not the Deep South, uh, 
and there is not one single element connected with uh, even the TED that you can say is uniquely Southern. Uh, ballparks everywhere have something that is that connects their environment to uh, to their their club, to their uh, their stadium, everything else. We, we were just there in Birmingham, where you know they had all the steel in front of it, and uh, they had uh, the rocking chairs out in center field. They had things that were unique to them, um, and, and that incorporated the city. The Braves, who have this unique opportunity to be the Southern team, have done nothing to embrace that. Now, that said, it's difficult, as we know, to portray something Southern without portraying something that is a symbol of hatred or a symbol <laughs> of stupidity. Uh, I mean, you can have uh, you know, the sausage races in Milwaukee, and you can have uh, president races in Washington, but oh my goodness! Uh, if you start trying to think of what would Southern races yeah. look like, that could get really tacky. There would be generals. Quick. There would be generals dressed in gray. I think uh, uh, might have come across a uh, focus group thirty years ago. Well, yeah, that would be tough. That but, would be tough. That would be bad. But uh, I mean, we always kind of equated uh, the Braves. That was like a day that they would request that they were always here on July fourth. And uh, there would be fireworks, and uh, they played double headers uh, in the awful '70s when they were just so awful. Uh, it was like something you genuinely looked forward to. I mean, they even when they signed Denny McLean. Uh, when was that? Like in '72 or '73, something. Or Hang on, I can look it up here. Okay, well, uh, and I think it was '72. And his first start was on the second game of a doubleheader on July fourth. Uh, the um, you know not that Denny McLean ever became anything here, but eight, you're right. It was seventy uh, two, yeah. and doesn't show the game. But yeah, well, it was so. it was July fourth game. I know that it was yeah. second game. Uh, you know, yesterday, um, as weather would have it, we had two doubleheaders: um, right. uh, Cleveland and Baltimore, and then Cincinnati and Washington. I believe was the other. Um, but how great was it? I mean, well, yeah, it is great. I mean, uh, but there is a difference with a makeup doubleheader uh, and a scheduled doubleheader. Sure. Uh, as a kid, uh, you. I always looked to go to double headers because I was getting twice what my money would, you know, pay, you know, right. as a kid, that was important. Now you had to hold out, you had to have, you know, the right kind of food throughout a double header, <laughs> which usually rained. And I, I can remember going to a couple of double headers that were just awful seeing, uh, the big red machine beat us by 10 runs in each game with a long rain delays and stuff. And it was like, ah, uh, uh, I saw the giants just pound us a couple of times. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's still as a kid, that was part of it. It was a double header. Uh, now they have to, I mean, I don't really blame everybody thinks it's a money thing. Uh, that they have to have the gate revenues for X amount of days. They can't afford to give those up, and that that is part of it. But the pitchers, and uh, they can't uh, put that kind of stress on pitching staffs and catchers uh, like they used to do anymore. Yeah, you know. Well, I could see. I would see. Like a, they uh, used to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let that go, but you know, there you go. Thank you All for right. pointing yourself out. 
Um, I could see a scenario though, like it, bring it back because I'm in favor of this. Just I haven't said that directly, but I would be totally in favor of it. You look at um, how other major pro sports in this country embrace certain holidays, like Thanksgiving is synonymous with the football, Turkey Day right, games. Right. Uh, basketball has got Christmas Day. Hockey, even in, in recent years, since their most recent lockout, has New Year's Day, the Winter Classic, which has like become a really great event to watch. So, yeah, baseball owns the 4th of July. Um, they should do something like this to really bring it home um, and thus just expand the appeal of the game in general. And you can make it the day where new uniforms are debuted and all this kind of stuff but why not with the doubleheader treat it like these split squad games during spring training and there's like you know uh maybe a, a few b team catchers and pitchers starting oh, well, the second game well, but you get you'd still be able to see a lot of the regulars and thus well, you have an idea you know, there what uh what about bringing up your uh your number one farm team to play your opposition's number one farm team on there July fourth, and have that be the first game. That's you know that would be a great you idea. You heard it here first, and folks. There, uh, I'm running the bases. The um, there are a lot of things you can do right now. The day after the All Star game is the only day in the entire year where there are no major sports. Uh, right. There, no team sports there's no big tennis tournament or uh golf tournament uh it just doesn't happen on uh mondays like that not there um the um maybe you could have the same sort of day uh you know the day after july 4th uh and have that be a day uh also where uh the major league pays tribute to our national history which is what july 4th is all about i don't know yeah i i, I don't know uh, but you're right there could be something done to embrace july 4th as uh a or baseball should do more to kind of grasp the holiday yeah um, absolutely um and they're sitting on uh just as we've just come up right now, but uh, any number of ideas like that, that would, you know, foster it. But I, I think of how, you know, the 4th of July holiday celebrating independence and the dawn of America and how even the food that we all eat on the 4th of July traditionally is baseball food. It's hot dogs and fries and chips and all of these things. So it's just, it's too obvious, of course. So, but what are some of your favorite, you know, Fourth of July baseball memories. Obviously, watching the Reds beat you by ten runs <laughs> no, may not uh, be the best, but well, you, uh, you know, we have the Rick Camp game. Uh, I'm the, unfamiliar. Tell us the game that lasted forever. You know, uh, that Rick Camp hit a home run in like the the 500th inning to tie it up, <laughs> uh, and then lost it the next inning. Uh, then they shut off the fireworks late at night and woke everybody up. Uh, game last, you know, it was like a regular game and lasted, uh, you know, re- I, I don't remember a ridiculous time. Hang on. Um, I almost have it here. I, I can't believe I haven't remembered this. <laughs> it, it was an incredible game. It was one of the most incredible games I've ever seen. And I actually He's... did watch the whole thing. I wasn't there, but oh wow, I did watch the whole thing. It went on. I mean, cause there were till 4am right there. And then they, they did the fireworks. <laughs> All right, so for those who don't know, because I certainly didn't, this game was July 4th of 1985, and uh, Rick Camp uh, struck out on a go-for-broke swing to end the game just shy of 4 a.m. 
in what remains the latest ending to a game in Major League history. But prior to that, Rick <laughs> Camp had hit a home run in the game to tie it up in the bottom part of because the, they had nobody else. They had already played everybody on the team. Rick Camp was the worst hitter on the team, and he, <laughs> but he was the only person left, and they couldn't pinch hit for him. So he goes up there and hits a home run and ties the game. Uh, and, and this is like in the 16th inning or something. I, you know, just incredible. Uh, and there were things like that throughout the game on both teams. Uh, it was, I mean, the the Braves were not in the same class with the Mets in 1985. But right, uh, the uh, it was just a wonderful game. That's that's probably my greatest baseball Fourth of July memory. <laughs> Um. Yeah. And then, then I, I mentioned already when Denny McLean came to the Braves, that was a big deal. Uh, the um, I'm pretty sure Necro won the first game in uh, that doubleheader. Uh, Necro, they always arrange for Noxie to pitch on the Fourth of July. He uh, threw about every other day anyway. Uh, but the, yeah. Uh, but when McLean came, you know, as a kid still, and I had been a Tiger fan, I'd been a Denny McLean fan. You know, it was just 68 when he had won 31 games. This is four years later, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, maybe we'll rebound. I, I didn't know. I wasn't aware of all the problems and everything. That right. He, he had. <laughs> there wasn't the social media circus we have today where yeah. all that stuff gets exposed. Oh, and I, I was thinking, the jail time was unjust. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> Oh, the game. Okay, so um, we need to do a whole thing on this Rick Camp game. But at four a.m., the, been, it was a I know, but we game. need to do one. There was they still did the fireworks at four in the yeah, morning. Right, that's hilarious. Right. This Braves game, I have it here, uh, July fourth of seventy-two, the nine p.m. game. It ends in a tie. It yes, was a three-three team. Uh, okay, right, of course you do. You were there. Um, you know, I. Uh, one thing that baseball gets really right is that they do now schedule really marquee series for the most part on 4th of July weekend. And I can remember back in 2004 that the Red Sox were scheduled that weekend here. And I went to all three games. Um, the Braves took two out of three. Uh, in fact, you and I went to the, went to the rubber match of that series. Um, but, uh, uh, Schilling pitched in game two, the Saturday night game, which actually was the fourth, I think. Um, and they won. And of course, that Red Sox team went on to win the whole thing. Um, but the fireworks now being like every Friday night in most homes, does that devalue the 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 selling the the treat of Fourth of July fireworks at baseball games? Uh, uh, at baseball games, yes. Uh, that I'm I'm glad to see them. At baseball games because it means that uh, traffic won't be so bad when I leave <laughs> before the fireworks have gone on. Uh, I, but I don't, I don't care about seeing fireworks anywhere. I you know, maybe in China there would be something special or something, you know. But fireworks, oh, fireworks are awesome. Come on, <laughs> don't be so jaded. I, you know, all right. <laughs> They go up and they go boom and all the colors and everything. It's awesome. Um, I don't care much for fireworks, you know, every Friday and Saturday game I'm at, you know, I mean, it's like, it it seems like that has gotten watered down to a point where, wasn't there, aren't there teams that shoot fireworks after home runs? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, they do, you know, I just can't get real excited. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but they make shapes and stuff now. Oh, it's I incredible. Know, I know. Um, but I, uh, uh, what do you think of the the special uniforms that they wear and how those have evolved? Because you know, after September 11th, you had um, the 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 American flag patch on the side of the hat and then on the back of the jersey. But now we have it that you know all the logo is the stars and stripes and stuff. Do you think that this is a good look? Are you in favor oh, of this for the some- fourth? No, there's some that are good. There's some that are uh, kind of tacky. There's some that just aren't very good at all. Uh, the uh, I don't. Um, I'm just happy that Major League Baseball hasn't succumbed to advertising on the uniforms yet. They will. Uh, I mean, you the uh, what soccer brings in or football brings in by putting advertising on their uniforms in other countries is just incredible. Uh, and baseball oh, yeah. will do it. Uh, it's yeah. too much money. It might make tickets cheaper. Uh, it might make taking the family to the game more affordable. You know, so if they're going to, I mean, they're increasing revenue by having these special uniforms on the 4th of July because then they turn around and sell those uniforms and those hats right. and things. Of and, course. And replicas of them. And uh, it increases their bottom line. So uh, if that's a marketing tool that helps uh, Major League Baseball, then I'm all for it. Uh, I, I, I hope they keep them to somewhat special occasions. I, I don't, you know, Al Spalding had, uh, when he first had Spalding Sporting Goods, he uh, designed a line of uniforms where every player had a different type of uniform, like second baseman yeah. might be wearing red shirts and blue pants, and the shortstop <laughs> would be wearing a green sash around his yellow, uh, completely, just like, canaries all over the place uh if we started having different uniforms for every day it's going to be like that and so i I hope they temper it somewhat i i'd be i'd I'd almost rather there be a patch uh for general motors on the left shoulder than to have uh 80 different uniforms yeah i agree entirely i mean you look at these series that start in japan uh every so often um i can't remember what the last one was but like when when the yankees played tampa the first two games of the season it was considered actual regular season games i disagree with that uh logic but you know they counted they went in the standings yeah. they had uh uh Raiko on their uniforms and on their batting helmets and that's a big japanese sponsor sure. that and, and in the you know in japan the baseball teams wear sponsorship right, on their right. uniforms so hence it's it's almost the tradition there so i can see that coming i i wonder if you know uh as far as the double header part of it that should maybe extend the season to 164 games, but make two double headers built in that are kind of, uh, you could lose them if they get rained out. Would you, would you be on board with something like that? It wouldn't matter whether I was on board or you're never going to get the players union to agree to increasing the season. Right. Period. Not going to happen. Not yeah. without a lot more money coming the way of players. Well, what uh, if they? But uh, as I'm telling you, the, I really think the main concern now, the, other than the fact that they have to, you know, they figure out revenue for each day, each game. Uh, the uh, but even if you were to 
increasing the amount of games, uh, part of the problem is the use of pitchers. Uh, and this has become such a maximum concern uh, with all the Tommy John surgery and everything else. Uh, you know, pitch counts and stuff have, um, you know, how many teams, you know, and, you know, I, I grew up and there were nine pitchers on a pitching staff. You know, how many pitchers are on a pitching staff now? Average uh, 14. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if it's 14, but it's a lot. Well, I mean, I mean five starters and sometimes five starters and eight relievers. So like 13, 12 or 13. Yeah, there's yeah, 12 or 13. And then they're rotating in the with the triple A, you know, yeah. as well. Uh, the uh, If you're going to... Uh, increase um, the amount of double headers that are scheduled it's going to require an increase in the amount of players that you can uh, keep on your squad it's not uh, now the owners aren't going to want that 25 is as much as they want to pay but it's going to have to be like 27 or so they're going to have to increase the numbers Uh, and that's you know uh, there are a lot of considerations in this it's not going to be easy to put double headers back in now I do think uh, having a, a mandatory day off after doubleheaders could help. Yeah. Well, we were, I mean, again, we were in Birmingham for, uh, to, to visit the Barons and, uh, which by the way, Regents field, uh, voted best double a baseball park in the entire country, I think for the second or third year in a row. So kudos to the Barons. Um, they, their staff who we talked to, they get mandatory days off now after long home stands, um, so it seems like if they're going to practice that with their employees in the front office already in baseball teams, and it's not just the Barons, we're, you know, this is teams everywhere that, yeah, that would be uh, a smart thing to do with players. And then you could also, that's what Japan does, you know, Japan, yeah. uh, they play X amount of days out of the week and they have X amount of days where they practice and X amount of days off. Uh, they, I would be in favor of that. Well, you'll never get the schedule in. That's, you That's know, true. we we begin in snow and end in snow now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, uh, they can't. Well, I, I, I going in the reverse of what I suggested just a moment ago, I, I could really see it if they dialed back the season to 156 games with two built-in doubleheaders. And that could be uh, Memorial Day weekend and 4th of July, perhaps. I do, I do think it would, I mean... Uh, it was a big deal in Atlanta because uh, people came from out of town to go to Braves games, just like uh, St. Louis has the same type of market. People are coming from outside of St. Louis uh, to go to games. Uh, Kansas City has much uh, the same. There are um, yet uh, not so much in Boston and Chicago and New York. Uh, and so these... Uh, more southern teams often had double headers on uh, scheduled on July fourth. Later than I mean, it was. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. It was sometime I think 1955 or so that a quarter. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, was no 1959. One league played a quarter of their games as classic double headers. A wow. quarter of their games. That's in 1959. By 1979, only 10% were played in doubleheaders. And now 
they're never scheduled. We'll have 20 of them a year uh, because of rainouts and things. Oh, you'll have more than that because there'll be rainouts all over, like part of the Northeast, you know. Uh, or snowouts. Yeah. <laughs> Blizzards. <laughs> right. Um, <I laughs> These mean, are usually it, in April now, which is frightening on different levels. But yeah, <laughs> right, I know. Uh, but so they're going to have the double headers. Uh, but I, it would still be great if they could find one day where you know, the the people in Tifton, the, the small family in Tifton, Georgia, you know, could uh, the uh, the teacher uh, who could take his pregnant wife and two kids to uh, a ball game and see two of them, you know, uh, yeah. the uh, it would be it would be great. Well, even I mean to go even further, you know, what what in in this day of you know image and marketing ad nauseum. Um, you know, these different team sports are trying to create cultures, most notably with the football and the Turkey Day game. That's a whole culture. You think of Thanksgiving dinner and you automatically think of, you know, the football game that's on the Cowboys and then the uh, who's the and the and the Lions. Um, with baseball, it seems all too perfect because if Fourth of July, everybody's off that has a you know quote unquote regular job for the most part, and if you had a doubleheader. It would be, you know, folks that did their barbecue during the day could go to the night game. Those who do their barbecue at night go to the day game. And and baseball is just available for everybody to embrace in person on that day and thus recreate, you know, a cultural significance. And so that America will celebrate baseball instead of baseball celebrating America, which is what has become the connection. You know, baseball has always got military at their ballparks, you know, military appreciation night. And, you know, it, it seems like because the military pays Major League this Baseball is true. to be there. And I'm over it, to say the least. You know, it's too much. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound, you know, anti-military whatever uh, in this forum, certainly. But it's too much now. It seems like it devalues it, you know. Well, one of the problems in trying to equate um, what the NFL does on Thanksgiving to anything Major League Baseball is going to do is that the NFL still plays so few games right. by comparison. And, Understood. Uh, to make a game special, um, we all have been to 10 to 1 blowouts, you know, uh, and uh, the there's no guarantee any game is going to be that uh exciting uh i would in my own personal i would still rather take that chance and go to a football game but uh personally but that's not the way most of america sees it's going to be hard to uh without doing something different to make uh any particular baseball game mean that much there's well, that's a game on there's games on every night i mean that's like yeah. uh basketball the uh basketball uh is able to kind of uh, be the only thing that's uh, only sport that's visible on television at uh, on Christmas because they get their marquee games and, you know, they'll uh, make LeBron James and the Lakers and all these people play uh, on Christmas. But and it's become kind of a big deal. But you can't do that with baseball. Uh, there isn't a... There's never you can't say at the beginning of the season we're going to put the Yankees and the Red Sox on. We see the Yankees and the yeah. Red Sox on to nauseum. We don't need oh, yeah. to see the. I mean, 
that's, well, that's it's you there know. is no matchup that in Major League Baseball is like what you have to see. Yeah. Well, you know, you could do. I mean, typically what the NBA does is that they always put, in addition to Lakers, Knicks, these marquee franchises, they always rematch the finals on Christmas Day. So, in theory, Royals and Giants can be, you know. That that could be something. But I'm not saying that baseball should strive for the type of connection that these other sports make, but just to make a better one than they do right now. Oh, I I agree. I agree. Or a more profound one. It might be that on the 4th of July, I mean, or not, um, the, uh, the, the 4th of July, if they were to try to move the all-star game, uh, and played it on the 4th, and then there you go. Uh, they could uh, advance the home run uh, contest, and there, there are a lot of different things that they could, uh, they could do. Or, you know, they could have exhibitions that were uh, done I mean, to tweak home run hitting contests and have the um, three players on your team uh, have a home run or have a a home run hitting contest with the opposition uh, before the game yeah. uh, on uh, July 4th. And the winner of that got to participate uh, in a home run hitting contest for the All-Star game. I mean, uh, Not that I care about the home run hitting contest. It's fan-friendly, though. Right. It's a uh, fan favorite. Uh, so. I think our idea of uh, having kind of a futures game uh, might – and. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily have to be your AAA team. You might have your uh, minor league all-stars play against the other team's minor league all-stars. There could be you know, a lot of things that could be done. It doesn't necessarily have to be done like uh, the NFL or the uh, NBA. No, and that would be what would make it great is that it would be different. You know, it would be different and still significant. Um, really what baseball still has going for it um, is opening day. I think that baseball's opening day, I mean, you have movements now to make that a national holiday. That's become one of their main focuses. And it seems like, I agree. you know, take a little of the emphasis put on that and put it more towards the 4th of July. And, you know, you know, I I was always, uh, you know, forever it started in Cincinnati. That was opening day. Yeah. Uh, And uh, then. Uh, when Washington was around, it was Cincinnati and Washington, one for each league. Uh, now they have opening day in another country. Yeah. Uh, and the <laughs> Australia. Uh, right. Uh, and, uh, what? Right. And they have, uh, then it's what's going to be on ESPN at night uh, and stuff. I, I'm not necessarily real fond of what they have done with opening day. But right. uh, I, I'm kind of old school in that. I, I liked the opening day in Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, the All-Star game this year is indeed in Cincinnati. So uh, go Royals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> and, and, I think it's great. Well, you got to remember, you know, in 57, when the Reds, ironically, uh, stuffed the ballot box. They weren't playing in Cincinnati then, but uh, the... That was the end of fan voting. Ford yeah. Frick became so upset that he said, "I, you know, I never want to see this kind of uh, travesty again." And in that game, he made such a travesty of it as well. He takes out uh, Wally Post and uh, who's the other guy, uh, Gus Bell, uh, and took bench both of them and put in Mays and Aaron. Uh, 
uh, he let, I mean, Stan Musial was all, the only person that was a, uh, not a red that was given a position. But he doesn't take out Roy McMillan from short and put in Ernie Banks. You know, uh, I don't know. It was just uh, the reactions to things in uh, voting. Anytime you have fans doing it, there have been fans that have been stuffing the box forever. As recently as, I think, 12, uh, I mean, in, in 2012, when the Giants uh, stuffed the box uh, because they, they, some of them learned a glitch where you could vote like to infinity off particular computers by sending it into a particular. Uh, well, that's what the Royals are, are doing right now. I yeah. mean, you have all these Royal fans making multiple email addresses just so that right. they could. Well, there was a, you know. a company in. Uh, 2012, where you didn't have to make multiple email addresses, you just send everything into this one company, and they just and they I love it, and they you know, and so you had all of the you know Sandoval at third rather than Wright having a great year, and uh, it was you know uh, the all-time record I think is Buster Posey's uh, yep. as catcher. Yep. Uh, the uh, I mean, but there have been when was it the when Ichiro first started uh, and the uh, there were it was Ichiro mania and there were yeah. uh, they were sending uh, like thirty five games Seattle games or something were broadcast in Japan and then when voting came around now of course Ichiro got a grillion votes uh, but so did all of these other Mariners because suddenly because yep. Japan could vote I mean if you're voting on the internet you know it doesn't necessarily well that was where, the where it's coming from. Yeah, well, that was the, the in the NBA the thing with Yao Ming, you yeah. know, oh, Yao yeah. Ming, and 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 Yao Ming is being voted the starter during Shaquille O'Neal's prime. Right. I'm sorry, I think Shaquille O'Neal was a better center. That's just me, and <laughs> I, I forget exactly what he said, but it was hilarious. He's like, you know, they got more computers over there. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 uh, it's not the first time this has but happened. He, yeah, so. I mean, that uh, who was it? the uh, uh, when it was. Ballot stuffing when Gary Templeton didn't play, and then he got voted on. That was when he said, "If I ain't starting, I ain't departing." Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, everybody misread that, but um, I don't know what year that was. I, I think that was the, one of the Mariner things. But well, listen, I mean, let's just be honest here. When you think dominant second baseman in today's, I think Omar Infante. <laughs> Absolutely, I Omar. Love, I'm not because I love Omar. Omar's been an All Star. Who's it? Uh, yeah. Who was it that picked him as a Brave and uh, when he was a utility player? Um, who picked him as a Brave? Yeah, he, when he was a Brave, he was an All Star. When that he was, was officially uh, 2012, the same year that Chipper, I think, had his last All Star game. Uh, I think that's. But who picked them that year? Was that Larusa? Um, that was Larusa. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but. Um, I, I I too agree that um you know it's just it's funny how they try and make it this whole you know look it's it's a popularity contest and the Royals are the most popular thing around especially if you live in Kansas City and they look, got more time on their hands <laughs> they can they although, can hatch these schemes although I I want to say the who does the All Star game matter to well it matters because it determines home field advantage yeah uh, without that 
it matters to kids. Yes. As a kid, I loved the All-Star game. It was, you know, uh, and you loved to see your guys on the All-Star team. You wanted to see, you, you would sit there and wait forever for Hank Aaron to pinch hit. Yeah. Uh, you know, if that's what it took. Uh, but And you want to see your guys. Now, uh, I'm like, oh, this game goes on forever. Uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, and I don't, it really doesn't mean that much to me. Uh, I'm interested to look back and to see how many Hall of Famers were on these different teams uh, in different years. That that has, yeah. Right. I, but uh, the game itself is usually a very, it's just, you know, uh, the break between in the season. Well, the, the, the whole fact that, and this is where baseball, quote unquote, modernizing itself is a complete double-edged sword. Interleague play, wonderful thing i think oh, everybody I, agrees yeah, that agree. but there again that that is completely detrimental to the all-star game because we see these we see these pitching and hitting match you know clayton kershaw versus mike trout that just happens now and it happens in an actual meaningful game right, right. whereas you know if you see it in the all-star game it's like oh isn't that nice um I, I think that, you know, the fan the fan favorite stuff like the home run derby, they do need to make it evolve it to where it's like the skills competition in NBA All-Star and NHL. Have it so that you have to hit to certain bleacher sections, you know? Like you have to hit three to left, three to center, three to right, you know. Uh they, find they, some way to have a pitching contest of some kind. That's not gonna happen. That's yeah, that's not gonna true. happen. But what, what, they what, can't what, even get people to throw in the game. What know? if you brought back like what? I mean, we've talked about the legend of Maddox before. How he used to, you know, just goof around and say, "I'm going to throw this, and it's going to hit this yeah. backstop and come back." Whatever. What if you brought in like Maddox to, um, you know, do a, a <laughs> do an accuracy contest? I, I'm look. He'll never do I, it. But I, I am not. Uh, Greg Maddox is the, without a doubt, the greatest brave pitcher I've ever seen. And no offense to Nuxie. And uh, I didn't see Warren Spahn in person. And I, I have a very difficult time saying anything bad about Mad Dog. But to bring him back now, who's going to get him to lose 20 pounds? <laughs> I, I, you know, Certainly not him. No. And... <laughs> He will not self motivate for such a thing. No, and I just don't see that. And I, I, I can't see any pitcher wanting to put himself in that type of position. I mean, if there was a well, pitch, well I do Clemens. Yeah, that would be great. You get Clemens to pitch for both sides. There you go. Have a juiced uh, celebrity <laughs> game. You know, a juiced alumni game and Bonds and Sosa and Palmero. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, <laughs> You know they do to that note seriously uh, Hall of Fame weekend, which is also which which team would A Rod play for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he still got a job right I now. Know, I and, know, He's, man, he could make the All Star team. He could. God, unbelievable that whole thing. You know, I actually rewatched his three thousandth uh, hit game the other night, and there's so much adulation and like praise and you know michael k saying there's been eighteen thousand ball players and only 29 have hit three thousand it's like yeah would you like to go over how the other 27 or so got to there but that all that that aside all-star or hall of fame week weekend they do a um 
a Hall of Fame type alumni game and like Pedro's been there and yeah. and they've even had, you know, like a Carl Pavano and a Hideki Matsui recently who are not Hall of Famers, but have that game All Star Weekend. Um, you know, recently okay. retired All Stars. Uh, Old timers games. You know, yeah. uh, they, I mean so. they've uh and Old Timer All Star it, it may be that the Yankee all time or uh, old timers game may have been on the Fourth of July, uh, or may have been on something like that. I mean, that's a always been the uh, old timers game, you know. I mean, right. because they had you know DiMaggio and Mantle and Barra and Ford and those people coming back. Do you think Jeter's ever going to play in the old timers game? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, why would he not? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we kind of talked about how he he's probably going to keep his distance from the team now that he's retired. So did DiMaggio. That's true. I mean, DiMaggio more than anybody. And Barrow wasn't there for a long time because of his feud with Steinbrenner. Yeah. The, uh, he wouldn't ever, you know, he didn't show up forever. When he came back, that was like such a big deal. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll, 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 they'll have it the same night. They have Jabba Chamberlain number retirement ceremony. Yeah, right. So, all right. Well, coach, there's something that we should also celebrate for ourselves. We are now running the bases.com. So we've we've moved. We have a new address. It's runningthebases.com. All the same great stuff you could see on the .tv, but easier to say and pronounce. So for Coach Bounds, this is Tucker Wells, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Go USA. <laughs> go USA. Yeah, I'm talking about the, our girl team, our soccer team. All right, so go Team USA. So, And in addition to finding us on runningthebases.com, you can always find us on SoundCloud or download us on iTunes. So for Coach Bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. This is Running the Bases coming in home. We're safe. <laughs>